everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. Well, today I want to talk to you about a subject that I've been talking about recently, and it's a subject that is very, very important. And when I say this subject, a lot of you are going to think, wait a minute, surely what you're talking about is not that important. But what I'm talking about is extremely important. You know, growing up, have you ever met people that'll, that'll say one thing and do another? You know what I'm saying to you? That, that, that girl, that guy, they're the trash talking or they say this, but they don't really back up what they say. Are you understanding what I'm saying to you? A lot of people do that. I grew up playing sports. I know many of you play sports or, or, or maybe you, you know, you're into academics or into some other extracurricular activities. You always meet that guy or that girl that talks a good game, but then when you watch them on the field or in the classroom or whatever, you're like, what? They're just talking smack. They can't do jack. Talking smack, can't do jack. The Bible says, and this is kind of a sobering statement, the Bible says that we're all made to give ourselves fully to things. A lot of people have given themselves fully to fashion. We've seen that, right? They think about it. We're into fashion, yeah. Other people give themselves fully into shopping, fully into decorating, fully into snowboarding, fully into surfing. You you give yourselves fully to things. And we're made that way. We have passion in life. But I've got to ask you a question. Is your main passion God? Now, now, now just stay with me for a second. Is your main passion God? Because we're made to have God as our primary passion. I'll say it again. We're made to have God as our primary passion. So if we're not careful, We can waste our passion. We can pervert our passion. Chasing after this, chasing after that, chasing after that, chasing after this, and we can miss the primary passion. God wants us to be passionate about stuff. He wants us to have a good time in life. He wants us to have adventure and excitement in life. What am I saying? I'm talking about a one-word subject called worship. What? Worship is passion. Passion is worship. I'm talking about worship. Worship is that thing we do. That thing we do. That thing we do. As I've been saying for a long, long time, you go to a concert, what are people doing? They're worshiping. Whoever the band is, man, they're worshiping. You go to a game, people are worshiping. We don't call it that, but that's what we're doing. People into the scene of cars or motorcycles, worshiping, racing, worshiping. We worship all sorts of things. We're into worship. To worship something means to be passionate about a person, place, or thing. That's what it means. Well, the Bible comes along, and the Bible even gives us a deeper definition of worship. Did everybody get your message map with you? Everybody have the message map? Somebody. Everybody wave them right now. Wave wave these maps. Wave these maps. We're going to talk about these maps in just a couple of minutes. If you got a pen or a pencil, just fill them out. If not, you can type along on your iPhone or 
other smartphone or whatever. That thing we do. That thing we what? What is that thing we do? Worship. No one taught me how to worship. I just know how to do it. LeBron goes coast to coast and, and throws one down. Wow, LeBron! Woo! I just know how to worship. Something happens in school. Something happens in the boardroom. We just, we just know how to, yay, yay, clap. Go, girl, or whatever. We just know how to celebrate. That, that, that's worship. That thing we do, we're passionate about a person, place, or thing. Well, the Bible comes along, and the Bible talks about that thing we do. Worship, and get this definition down, because I'm going to force you to get it down. Worship is our response to God's identity. That's the first blank. Worship is your response and my response to God's identity. Some here have responded to God's identity. Others haven't. So worship is your response, my response to God's identity, and the next blank, his activity. So I respond to God's identity. Now you'll see some verses there on the message map. Everybody sees them in all the different environments. Psalm 100. Say it with me, Psalm. We got 100 hours to worship God. You're saying, wait a minute, I thought worship happened when we're here in this church house. I thought worship happened when, when I take communion at this church or that church. I thought worship happened when I lifted my hands and maybe jumped around in those, those skinny jeans. Yeah, that is worship, technically speaking, but worship is what we do. It's that thing we do. Worship transcends everything in our lives. Psalm 100, we got about 100 hours a week to worship. How can you say that? There's 168 hours a week. Most of us hopefully sleep eight hours a night. Then you talk about getting ready, hygiene, blah, 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 stuff that doesn't matter. That leaves us about 100 hours to do what? To do what? Worship. And worship is that thing we? If I worship, I'm responding to God. I'm responding to God's identity. Who is God? Who is God? I'm responding to what God has done, what he's doing, what he's going to do. The Bible says that God is omnipotent. He's strong all-powerful, omnipotent. The Bible says God is omniscient. <laughs> knows everything. Isn't that amazing? God knows your junk and funk, my skeletons in my closet, and he's still crazy about us. Oh, we clap better than that. That's, that's, that's ridiculous. Also, God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. You cannot shake him or fake him out. He's on you. God wants all of us to worship him. Love has to have an object. When I first saw Lisa, my wife of 30 years, I saw her at church and I'm like, wow, this girl is hot. And as I got to know her, one day she became the object of my Love. Love must have an object. Am I going too fast for anybody here? Love must have an object. Lisa 
was and is the object of my love. Male, female. I'm committed to her in marriage. We are the objects of God's love. Love has to have an object. God loves you and me unconditionally, selflessly, sacrificially. When we think about his identity, what he did for us 2,000 years ago, something we don't deserve, sending Jesus down the cross for our sins and rise again. When we think about the ultimate act of love, God didn't just trash talk. He didn't just say one thing. Oh, yeah, I love you with an everlasting love. You're my girl. You're my boy. He didn't just say it and do nothing. He boldly backed it up and is backing it up and will back it up. God says that he's jealous. Isn't that, isn't that kind of weird for God to be jealous? Why is God jealous? Why is God a jealous God? He doesn't want me, nor does he want you to waste our worship. And he says, if you pursue me as the primary thing in your life, you're going to hit on all cylinders. If you don't, it's going to be tough. So think about it. My response as, as, as a person, a worshiper, because everybody worships, to God's identity is what it's all about. Psalm 100, verse 3. Know that the Lord himself is God. Every time I come to church, every time I assemble together with others, I am rebooting my life and realizing, whoa, <laughs> I'm not God. Because see, if I'm not doing that regularly with a bunch of people, I think I'm God. And the biggest competition that God has is you and me. It's ourselves. We want to worship ourselves. I love me some me. It's just a natural thing. God says, though, bow the knee to me and you'll discover who you're supposed to be. So know the Lord himself is God. It is he who's made us. People say, oh, yeah, I made it. I'm the man. I'm the girl. I'm a self-made woman. I'm a self-made man. You have got to be kidding me. Who made you? God. God is the designer. So it's he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people. The eh, the what? The, eh, the sheep of his pasture. He's a shepherd, we're the sheep. Do you know his voice? Do you know the voice of God? God's speaking to you. I've been to the Middle East several times, and what's so funky about it is you'll, you'll be in an area, and you'll see these sheep, squillions of sheep. Bah, 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 bah. And the shepherds are all jumbled up, but they have a certain whistle, a certain little voice, ah, 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 whatever it is. Woo -hoo -hoo. And the sheep, their sheep, know their voice and they can negotiate through all of those other sheep and follow the shepherd. God's calling you. He's calling me. We're the sheep. And the Bible says in John 10, man, say John 10 with me. John 10 says that Jesus has an abundant life for everybody here. We sang about that. We worship God as we express our love to him. An abundant life means a life that is on a whole nother level. Say it with me, a how not that level. An abundant life, a life full of excitement and adventure. A life not just better than most, 
but a life like we're supposed to live relationally, emotionally, psychologically, educationally, whatever you want to say on a whole nother level. It'd be a good place to clap. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know what, do we have that music we gotta play? Cause see, man, my nose is running, I got a sinus infection. I'm gonna blow my nose for a second and I don't wanna gross you out, just wait a second. Thank you very much. Man, I've had this thing for like three weeks, I cannot kick it. I'm on my second week of antibiotics. What's wrong? But everybody, you know, everybody blows their nose. You know, I made up, I just thought about this. I've not thought about this in, I know, 20 years. You know, you call that, you know, green stuff. Let's just be honest. Everybody, snot, boogers, terrible words like that. You know, some doctors, mucous membrane, sinusitis. You know what word I made up for that back in the day? I was like in the second grade, I remember it. Blow your. It's a cool name, blowyer. Like, you know, the green stuff. Instead of calling it a ba- like snot or boogers, that's gross. Just say, you got some blowyer on your left nostril, bro. You know, you know you got a great friend when they help you out. You know, the other day I was going somewhere. I was here at church. Someone said, Ed, you got something on your nose. Who was that who told me that? Somebody here maybe, a staff member. Yeah, it was my friend Pedro from Miami. He said, man, you got something on your nose. I'm like... I'll blow your thanks, man. <laughs> anyway, I'm just trying to help you guys out. Worship. Our response to God's what? Identity. Do you know him? He knows you. Do you know him? How do you know him? You bow the knee to him. He's got to be the, he's got to be the one you bow to. You are the object of God's love. Wow. Have you responded to it? I mean, it was Lisa's choice to respond to my love. I sought her out. I romanced her. She either received the love or not. And that's the great thing about God. You have the choice, so do I. So what's worship? Worship is our response to God's identity, also to his activity. God's working. I said God's working. He is moving. Amazing things are happening. Verse 5, for the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generations. God is active. He's moving. He's not passive. And it's to all generations. So we, as we reboot our lives regularly in individual worship and also corporate worship, that's why make sure once every week you're up here at the church. It's commanded by God showing corporate worship to him. Make sure. Also make sure that regularly you're meeting that appointment with the Lord because the Bible is basically a bunch of love letters to you and me. And you want to read the love letters. Like, you know, Lisa, when she's written me love letters, I read them over and over. Wow. And over again. That's the Bible. How will you know how to live? How can I know how to live if I'm not reading the owner's manual? We're designed by the ultimate designer. We need to talk to him. And know him about how to do life, how to do relationships in our career and school and so on and so forth. Worship is our response to God's activity. He's moving. Have you responded to it? He's courting you. Have you responded? 
He loves you. Have you responded? Have you bowed the knee to him? The first aspect of establishing a relationship with God is an act of? Is an act of? And worship is that thing we? All right, so we're tracking now. Worship, our response. Our response to God's identity and activity now is going to get great. I mean, it's great already, but, but this is going to really get great because Psalm 100, man, is, is really going to do some crazy stuff. Worship is expressed by what we say. So it's my response to God's identity and activity, and it's expressed by what we, what? Say. say. Oh, man, I talk a good game. A lot of people I know in my travels talk a good Christian game, and you've, and you've, and you've seen that. Well, the Bible says in Psalm 100 again, because we have 100 hours of worship, right? As a believer, we don't come to church to worship, we come worshiping. Everything we do, say, touch, and feel should be an act of what? Because worship is that thing we? So what I see in front of me on my computer screen should be an act of? What I say about others should be an act of? How I handle my finances should be an act of? What I think about should be an act of? Man, this has got to be blowing the hinges off some people's doors of worship. Because I know some of you thought, wow, I thought worship was just what we do maybe once a week or once every other week when I come here or go there. No, 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 no. Everything we do say, touch, and feel is an act of worship. It's our response to God's what? Identity, activity by what we say. Psalm 100, verse 1, shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. This phrase, all the earth, you see it there on the message map? Wave your maps again. I think you guys are starting to lose it a little bit. Okay, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You know what that means in all the earth? It means a place of assembly. It means the church. The only thing that Jesus ever built was the what? Church. The church. So shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. That's cool. Shout joyfully. The word shout means a, a, a sound so loud it pierces the ear. Like I pierced yours. Look at verse 4. Enter his gates. Again, we're talking about church. We're talking about the presence of God. We're talking, Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Let me stop for a second. I've had the opportunity to travel to Africa many times. There is a berry in Africa, in West Africa specifically, called the West African Taste Berry. And these berries are a trip because if you eat one for the next two hours, everything you taste is sugar. It's so sweet. You can pop one in your mouth, chomp it up, swallow it, and even eat a lemon. And the lemon tastes like, wow, this is like sugary lemonade. It's ridiculous. The West African Taste Berry. Now, what did I just read to you? I read the West African Taste Berry because enter his gates with thanksgiving. When I understand the importance of thanksgiving to God, thanking God for who he is, for what he's done, when I'm praising his name, and the word praise simply means to brag on God, when I enter his gates, his presence with a thankful heart, that's like God's West African taste berry. Everything is sweet. Everything is sweet. 
I'm talking sweet like grandmama's Kool-Aid. Say it with me. Sweet like grandmama's Kool-Aid. That's the tweet of the day. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. The word praise, bragging on God, the word praise after soldiers would win a battle, they would shout with victory, yeah! Someone makes a tackle, yeah! You know, someone scores a touchdown, yeah! That's praise, man. Praise. We just know how to praise. Are you praising the Lord? I don't know. Are you bragging on him? Enter his gates with thanksgiving. His courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Now, a lot of you I know are great with technology. And if you're into technology, you got to understand and know your passwords. Am I going too rapidly for anybody? You ever heard of a password before? Yeah. Thanksgiving is the password into the presence of God, into that whole another level where God wants us to go. Thanksgiving. How thankful are you? Are you spending time regularly talking to God? I would challenge you students. I would challenge you adults. I would challenge everybody, single, married, grandmas, grandpas, to journal your prayers, to write what you're thankful for. When I've traveled in certain parts of the world, I've had the opportunity to go on safaris. And I was outside of Bloemfontein, South Africa, just a couple of months ago, went on a safari. I had my polarized glasses on. This guy goes, take those off. Let's turn the car off and just look. And we looked and looked and looked, and this dude was like, oh, yeah, see that? See, oh, whoa, 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 there's a gims buck. See him, see him, see him, see him right there, right there, right there. I'm like, Yeah, wow, I would have missed him. Whoa, 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 stop. Look, 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 see, see that? It's a pride of, pride of cats there, lions. Look, 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 see, 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 tail, the tail, the tail. The, you got, yeah, the head, right. oh. Yeah, I see him. That's the way we should do life as believers. We should go on a Thanksgiving safari every day. Lord, I thank you for that. We got to stop and look, stop and listen, stop and see stuff, and thank God for all of the incredible things that he's doing, that he's made. The Bible says the islands should worship God. The Bible says the mountains worship God. The, the Bible says even flocks of wildlife worship God. Everything is made to do what? Worship. Are you wasting your worship? You say it. We say it. Hold our hands in the air, dance around with our skinny jeans. Yeah. Woo. Lights. That's worship. Yeah. Just a little bit of it, though. A little bit. The password is Thanksgiving. So worship is expressed by what we say, also is expressed by what we do. The last thing, by what we do. By what we do. Those people I talked about earlier, you can talk smack, but so often people who talk smack can't do jack. They talk like I can play basketball. They can't play. They talk like they can fish. They can't fish. They talk like they can drive. They can't drive. They talk like they can dress. They can't dress. You understand what I'm saying to you? People talk a good game. We talk smack. 
especially social media, man. Social media, oh, we talk so much smack with social media. It's ridiculous. Worship is expressed by what we do. Look at verse 2, by what we do. Verse 2. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Now, now, and I hope you're tracking with me because here's what I'm talking about. I'm saying from Psalm 100, we've got 100 hours of worship. I'm saying that if we worship, worship will segue into work. Let me say that again. If we worship, real worship segues into what? Into what? Because worship is that thing we Wow, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Now, if we're not careful, we can worship worship. I got to blow my nose again. Music. All right. If I don't blow my nose, the blower comes down, it reflects off the lights, and when this is shown online and television and everywhere else, people are like, man, that dude's nose is running, so I don't want to do that. Serve the Lord with gladness, right? Come before him with joyful singing. So if I'm really a worshiper, it's going to translate into what? Into what? Work, work. So if I talk a good game, I I got to live a good game. So we can have our hands up, we can get into the rhythm of the music, we can perspire, we can cry, we can have a quiver in our lever, a spring in our step, and we're like, wow, I worship God. I got into the presence of God. Man, I worship, worship. And then we leave this place and live like hell. Worship can be that thing that just eases our guilt. Oh, I worship God. And that's good. That is worship. Don't get me wrong. Lifting your hands is a sign of God. I surrender my all to you. Bowing our heads, that's a physical act of worship. Shouting, we should do all that. But I'm saying for some in our culture today, it's just about this emotional trip. Emotion must segue into devotion. And this whole worship vibe that's out there today, it's of God. But if we're not careful, we can get involved in plastic praise. And again, it eases our guilt. And we get into this frenzy at church. Then we leave church and live life like we want to live it. There's a guy in the Bible, 1 Samuel chapter 15. Now stay with me. His name is Saul. Saul was the man. Handsome, articulate, ripped, had the whole thing going on. But here's what Saul did. Saul, the king, did not fully obey God. God said, hey, Saul, take the Amalekites and wipe them out. Okay, Lord. Saul went, and he didn't quite wipe them out. He kept a few morsels, a few things for himself. I want to read this to you. This is incredible stuff. 1 Samuel chapter 15. So Saul had partially 
obeyed the Lord. He talked smack. Yeah, I'm the man. I'm the king. I'm, I'm a man of worship. I did what you told me to do, God. I wiped him out. Oh, really? God's man comes on the scene. I'm talking about Samuel. Here's what Samuel said to Saul. Samuel said, verse 14, 1 Samuel chapter 15. What then is this bleeding of sheep in my ears? And these cows. You know what Saul said? Oh, uh, uh, Samuel, I'm just keeping those things to dedicate them to the Lord. I'm going to give those things to, to the Lord. Man, they're, 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 they're gods. Samuel's like, wait a minute, Saul. You know God said to wipe them out. You did not fully obey the Lord. You talk smack. You didn't do jack. Now let's pick up verse 22, 1 Samuel 15. Here's Samuel up in his grill. Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the voice of God? So we can like dance around in our skinny jeans. Oh, I love you, Lord, crying everything. That's great. That's what Saul did. But he didn't obey the Lord. Jesus said from cover to cover in the New Testament, if you love me, you'll obey me. What is the greatest worship, doing that or living a life of purity? Doing that, praising the name of Jesus here or telling your friends who are away from God about the good news of Christ. Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice and to heed is better than the fat of rams for rebellion is like the sin of witchcraft. And arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you've rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. What's this text saying? It's saying that we're wired for worship. We're made to fully give ourselves to God. We're to worship him because of his identity and activity expressed by what we say and what we When we do that, we'll discover what it means to live the kind of life that God has for all of us to live. That life of vitality, of excitement, of purpose, of devotion, like we've never seen before. And God will take us places we've never dreamed of. I need to hear that myself. Let's pray. Every head's bowed, every eye's closed. God, I thank you so much for every person hearing my voice, for students, for singles, for those who are married. And God, forgive me when I've taken worship out of context, when I've thought that, hey, worship is just something I do at church. And I've not thought about the transcendence of it. I pray, Lord, that constantly all of us would think about you, that we would live a life of appreciation and thanksgiving, that we would praise you, but also live for you. And God, if there's a person here 
who's hearing my voice here at one of our different environments and you have never, ever, ever responded to God's love, hey, you can do it right now. You're like going, are you, are you serious? Yeah, right now. Just where you are. You can say, God, just say this with me. I can't make you do it, but you can say it with me right now. Just say, God, I, I've tried to pursue this. I've tried to pursue that with passion. But there's this emptiness, this, this vacuum in my life that's not satisfied, God. And I know, I know, I know that it's because I don't know you. And I realize, God, that you love me. I know you love me and have a great purpose for my life. And I confess my sins to you, turn from my sins, and I believe, just say that I believe, Jesus, that you died on the cross for my sins and rose again. I believe I'm the apple of your eye. I believe, God, that I'm the object of your love, and I respond to it right now by saying, Jesus Christ, come into my life. Just say that. Jesus Christ, I give my life to you. You might be going, well, Ed, you don't realize what I'm involved in. You don't realize what I've done, whatever. You know what? I don't. God does, and he's still crazy about you. He wants to come into your life. Just say, Jesus, welcome to my world. I give my life to you. That's your first act of worship. Responding to that unfathomable love of God. So it's my prayer for all of you that you discover what worship is, that it transcends, it bleeds out into everything we do say, touch and feel. And we thank you, God, for this time. We ask all these things in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless. God bless.